Episode 62 of the Thunder Underground podcast is here. My name is Trent, and I'm joined by Jason. What's going on? Not much. If this is your first time listening, this is a, we call ourselves a hard rock and heavy metal podcast. And if you look at the name on this week's episode, you'll wonder, well, why do you have Ian Moore on here? Well, because we've said all along, if we have the opportunity to talk to someone from a different genre of music that we love, we will do it. That's right. That's right. And, and I think that, you know, being, being, you know, Tulsa and what, uh, you know, the history that Ian has had with Tulsa and how, how long we've been fans. I mean, there, just like you said, if there's, if there's a chance, there's an opportunity to take it, uh, to talk to him, we're going to take it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we're lucky enough to talk to him and the rest of the band, the Lossy Corals, recently when they played in Tulsa. And we've got that coming up here in a bit, but we're just going to talk a little bit here about Ian Moore, I think, for a minute. And let you know, I mean, if you if you aren't into hard and heavy stuff, I mean, we've had people on like Shooter Jennings. We've had Lenny Lashley, who's in Dark Buster and Street Dogs. We've had Jason Gilardi, who was in the 90s rock band Caroline Spine. Mike Ariza, who's in the Frank Hannon band, which is more straight ahead rock. Yeah. You know, Delacoma, Murder FM. These are kind of, you know, middle of the road rock bands. There you go. Yeah. You know, Europe, Ian Hogland (laughs) from Europe. You know, everybody loves the final countdown, right? Check all this stuff out. And if you like the heavier stuff, we've got all that too. It's thethunderunderground.com. You can get all our social medias on there. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Periscope. And, of course, here on SoundCloud.com slash or backslash Thunder Dash Underground is where everything is hosted. Well, like we said, the guest is Ian Moore. Like you said, we've been fans since since the well since the beginning of at least his first album. I mean, obviously, he was yes. doing stuff before that, but his first album came out in 93. I think so. And, and we were and we were, uh, I mean, just right away enamored with it. Yeah, I think Oklahoma was kind of one of the first. Uh, spots besides Austin that really latched on to his music and I know you know I know there's other areas of the country that did as far as that first album with you know Harlem and Satisfied and yeah Blue Sky and you know the other the the radio songs and you know at that time we were what 16 15 16 17 years old during this period yeah and you know we were just enamored with, like we've talked about before, hard rock, thrash metal, heavy metal, glam rock, all that stuff. But, you know, we always loved the classic rock stuff, too. Yeah. You know, and the straight-ahead rock and roll. And then here comes this this guy, you know, that's just more blues-based, but it's like hard rock and blues. So, really, you know, I'd always liked blues, but I just never got into it. And this was something that we could really latch on to i think because it fit in with the other classic rock stuff we dug and everything yeah oh yeah i mean i agree totally like you say it fit in with with a lot of that stuff and for me it was refreshing because at that time 92 93 when when uh you know grunge was coming in and alternative was coming in real heavy and a lot of the stuff we liked kind of went by the wayside you know a lot of the a lot of the metal, a lot of the, you know, the, the melodic, the hair metal that we were into kind of took a back seat. 
and you know it was harder to 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 it was harder to come by that stuff and i know for me what i did at that era i just didn't want any of this alternative i didn't want any of the you know the, the i liked some of the grunge but all this alternative stuff was just not my thing <clears throat> so I, I i looked at my favorite bands and i said let's go and see what all these guys dug and that's where we got our you know our classic rock our learnings from and uh, you know i remember that one of the first times i heard about ian moore was when he was opening up for leonard skinnerd and i think uh that's right I forgot about one that. of those packages back then and uh so that's kind of where i you know where he came onto my radar and then you know from there it just opened up a whole world of you know and especially like you said oklahoma especially around here tulsa lo loving their blues as much as they do totally just you know took to this guy like crazy took to ian moore like like you wouldn't believe and you know i i, I bought into it i i fell in love with it uh like you said it was it was a little bit more amplified a little bit more you know hard rocking and i think that uh that was just something new for us and that's just kind of where it started and you know now i mean you look at his career now and he he's done so much stuff he's branched out he's evolved he's done everything he's done everything really that a musician should do he stayed true to himself and i think you know he might have lost some fans along the way but i know he gained a lot and you know i'm proud that no matter what he does you know it's going to be great and i'll always be a fan yeah yeah that's uh obviously something we had to bring up is that he's changed a lot you know with every album but it's always been exceptional oh yeah definitely you know the quality of the music everything from that first album to the lossy cools album yeah and everything in between and i think i've said this a million times to you i know and i even brought it up in an interview but and all the colors is my favorite album of his by far yeah there's just something about it that I, and I think it's kind of because it still had the, the elements of those first couple albums, but it's kind of, I think the bridge to what he became and what he is now. Yeah. Where it's, I see that, yeah, you know, definitely. It's, it started, there was, more, you know, he even mentions it in here where he says, you know, the second modern day folklore was a, as a was a movement from that first album oh yeah definitely you know but it still had the radio hits with muddy mm -hmm. jesus and society so people yeah. were still latching on to it but by the today, time and all the yeah today people love that song yeah. it's a great song by the time and all the colors came out it was starting to shift a little bit more and you know that whole album is just i mean every one of his albums is fantastic but that thing just you know roller coaster and float away and johnny cash and his electric bible everything room 229 yeah it's just a phenomenal masterpiece of an album, in my opinion. Yeah. But, you know, going back to the beginning, you know, like all that, like with him and Chris Duarte and Kenny Wayne Shepard, there was like this little movement, I think, era where there was like, you know, where these blues guys that were a little more, you know, like we said, they're amped up and they fit in more with the classic rock crowd that had that moment where they were getting radio play. And, you know, yeah. you know Ian Moore's done a great job of, becoming true to what he probably always wanted to be, which is where he's at now. Yeah. And like you said, even if that means losing fans, big deal because 
you know, you got to do what you, what's true to yourself and what's what's right. Exactly. The, you got to be able to go sleep at night. Yeah. And that, you know, I'm drawing a blank. What's the name of the Lossy Cools album? El, San, El yeah. Sonido Nuevo. Okay, yeah. And that's, you know, that's totally, totally different than the first, than his debut album. And oh, yeah. But it's just a great, <clears throat> just uh, a such, great rock and roll album. It's such a great record. I mean, yeah. it's, it's got hook and melody and it's just sensible. Uh, it's got nothing that it, it, that it doesn't need. I mean, it's got great playing. It's got great guitar. <clears throat> I mean, that that record is that record is just. I mean, I can't speak enough about how crazy good that record is. Yeah, and you know, he's always been. We know he's a phenomenal guitarist, and he's a phenomenal writer as well. Yeah, that's always been evident from day one. Yeah, and even obviously as a vocalist too. And what I mean, just think on that first album, you know, his biggest hit probably is Satisfied. Yeah. And it's still one of those songs, you know, when you think of an artist and their what their most recognizable song is, usually you're just kind of like, eh, skip or whatever. Yeah. Or you're like, you get to the show, you know, and if you're a geek like us and you love everything, you really want to hear everything else. Yeah. But yeah. for me, that song's so phenomenal that I still want to hear it every time. Yeah. You know, and... <clears throat> Here's, here's a story for you, too. Okay. Side story. <laughs> Many years ago, a woman told me, I'm not going to say who, just because I'm not going <laughs> to. A woman told me that if you're uh, trying to seduce a woman and you need a little help, just put on Satisfied by Ian Moore. Okay. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, then you don't need to be with the woman anyway. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, hey, that's a great point. I like that. Wow, is that is that all I've had to do all these years? Just put that song on? Yeah. Wow. Now I'm, you know. I've been missing out. Now you know. I've been missing out. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think, <clears throat> for me, I think it, my favorite Ian Moore records, I, I loved Ian Moore's Got the Green Grass. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of songs on it. He had some, there's different sounds, you know, that they, you know they'd play bottles and tubas and they do different stuff. They do cool covers there's great guitar playing on it it was so different than the first two albums and i've said this before with bands uh, it just pissed everyone off and even in his liner notes he explains how this is a change and how he fought to get this record out and how i mean just what he went through to to stay true to what he does and i just i admired the fuck out of that and it made me love that album so much it made me love that album so much more. I remember friend, you know, friends of ours just being like, "What the fuck is this? This is bullshit." And I would, and I thought, "That's why I love it. That's why, <laughs> you know, because it just these people can't handle it." And I just, I got it, and I thought it was great, and it's what musicians should really do. And uh, so that album always holds a special place for me. I love uh, Luminaria. It's a little bit more laid back, yeah. but I think it's uh, it's very lush and it really brings up a lot of visions for me. It's really colorful, and so I think those two albums are really, you know, I think my favorites. You know, and uh, I mean it's all great, but you know if we're talking about just our our favorite Ian Moore moments, uh, those two records uh, for me really hit at home. And another thing to bring up is. You know, we've seen him tons of times throughout the last 20, whatever it's been, 23 years now. Oh, man, I can't even. Yeah. 
And but when you think about it, you think about those shows that you've seen. Yeah. Just think of a few random ones. It's like everyone stands out completely different from the other one. Oh yeah. It's like Hardcore. you could think of some bands you've seen ten or fifteen times, but and they kind of run together. Yeah. But Ian Moore, it's like well, you've got the acoustic performances, and then you've got the full band performances. But even those full band performances, like you've got those early ones at the Canes. Yeah. Then you've got, like when we saw them in Austin, you know, outside. At that, I don't remember what venue it was. And then I remember you said you saw him on like a, was it like at the top of some building downtown in Austin? Yeah, there like, was some, it, it, we had just gotten off the, if I, if, if my memory serves me correct, I mean, I was pretty lit because we drank on the plane. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking lie, but we went down for <laughs> South by Southwest. And I think it was the time where you were, you were coming the next day or yeah. later that night or something. And we, we had these passes. It, he was playing some room at the top of some hotel, and there's all these people just sitting on the floor. And I mean, that was probably for me. That was probably my my sketchiest one, you know, memory wise. Not gonna lie, <laughs> but but I do remember it. But I mean, you're right as far as everything's unique. I mean, you know, I remember seeing him at a. I don't even know what it's called now. I think it was just called Boston's, or it used to be Steamrollers or something. Oh yeah. Uh, I forgot what it was called there for a while. I mean, he would, he would literally in his acoustic performances, and we talk about this in the interview. He would literally walk through the crowd, and he would like stand at your table for a few bars and sing to you or whatever. And I think that was like that's super special and it's uh, super personal. And <clears throat> I think people will remember that, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, that's that's something cool. And I think. Uh, like buddy guy right yeah yeah it really is um i know that he played uh the little side room at canes a few years ago oh yeah i forgot about that one and that, that was great that was that was probably i mean that was a phenomenal set uh, it, it will be uh i won't forget that one for quite a while and i think that was just before just after uh uh Sonido nuevo came out and I mean, he played all those songs, and they, they were so good live. And I mean, it's uh, you know, th this this guy has just a, a vast catalog, and you know, he has so many voices and so many styles. Uh, you, you'd be you'd be doing yourself a disservice not to check this out if you if you haven't really uh, gotten into Ian Moore. Uh, you you really should check it out. Yeah, and he does a great job of mixing up the set list. I mean, he's always yes. been that way. It's like you never always. know what you're going to get, you know. Yeah. Which is yeah. a which is what you want from an artist you love, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, we like we said, we had the opportunity to sit down with them before their show at the Shrine a couple weeks ago, and all four members of the Lossy Coils, very cool, and talk about like we said all kinds of stuff, whether it be his sound or some live shows or what they've got planned here in the future. Yeah. And I mean, he's, they're doing all kinds of stuff. Like I saw on his website, he does a songwriting workshop. I don't know if that was just last year, if he does it every year. Yeah. It's like a retreat type thing. Yeah. I mean, that you if, go down and you hang out for like three days and they do a couple of performances and then you get up and perform and write songs with Ian Moore. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, if you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're an active, you know, player, I mean, that would be such a, such a benefit, you know? Yeah. You know? Well, 
we're but, ready to uh, get into this or you got anything else you want to say um yeah i feel like there's oh yeah yeah the the i'm a ram song oh right yeah that's i think his newest thing that he's he's got going on it's an al green cover that song is fucking great and the guitar solo i mean that song's awesome yeah it's on soundcloud so yeah. just search and more on soundcloud.com and then when you're done listening to that search thunder underground soundcloud.com and listen to some of these 61 other podcasts that we've had before this one that's right let's get into this interview with ian moore and the lossy cools right now fucking do the NWA reunion because he hates Gray so much. Yeah. You would think he'd want the money. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They better not put Get a fluorescent light back here. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the last night of tour, right? Yeah, it is. So what's the plans from here? Uh, we're going to... Well, we're we're barely... Huh? We're, we're so busy, we're... He's going to do some other stuff, but we're all playing again another two weeks in California. Okay. And then, uh, and then we're starting a tour right after that, another tour. Okay. So we're we're just off for a little while, and I got a Woody Guthrie thing. I mean, um, I got just enough time to <laughs> wash my clothes, basically. <laughs> what uh, what Woody Guthrie thing is it? Doing? I'm curating this. Uh, it's a celebration of his his month of. He basically went up to uh, Washington State. And uh, spent a month and wrote 26 songs, a lot of his best tunes, and so we're doing a big celebration at the at the Symphony Hall. Up there. Cool. You guys are doing it at Benaroya. Yep. Badass. That yeah. theater's killer. <coughs> I just saw that thing where you uh, said you were selected to the said the governor's board or for the yeah. Pacific Northwest chapter. I don't really know what it means yet. We'll see. <laughs> you have to. I'll report back. You get a scepter. Yeah, I hope I do. A cape and a scepter. <laughs> I just, I mean, I think what it is, basically you're you're involved, you do pick, you uh, have the ability to do a lot of different events and theoretically, uh, you know, help out with, the ch- Grammy's just a lot of charity stuff, and also, you know, working, mentoring younger, younger musicians, uh, and then helping to nominate, you can nominate stuff and folks for the Grammys. So you do have a say in... Who gets nominated? I guess. Or at least get, put your two cents in or whatever. Theoretically, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I don't really understand what I'm really going to be doing yet. But it's a, it's a really cool. The people that I'm working with are people I want to hang out with. So it's you nominate cool. yourself. <laughs> I nominate me. I've never had a Grammy. Damn it, I want one. Can you yeah. retroactively nominate? Exactly. My word is people yeah. that should have got nominated. Now. Yeah, I know the Grammys are real weird. Like there's major oversights. And, yeah. And some people win like eight Grammys that are. They're gonna have to do a separate Grammys next year for all the people who passed away this year. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Jesus, that's gonna be heavy. The in memory of will be like two hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. They'll have to start it early. It's still April. <laughs> no, it's May officially. Yep. Yeah. May one. May day. May day. Yep. So I saw you guys put out on a Ram earlier this year. Yeah. And 
you can like, continue putting out new music or because I know it's been a while since you guys had a full album well we have a bunch of rec- records that are ready to come out we just are waiting for the uh, proper formation of the way they're going to come out so okay. that's taken a while but yeah we got another song those tunes are all from a soul record so the next one's a song called Didn't I which is a cover of a Durando it's a, a soul singer from the Bay Area cover that and uh, that's going to come out probably going to release that right before the uh, New York tour so you're gonna, just putting out the single, or you're, gonna, you're saying you're going to put out full album at some point? Or just well, they're not. Those aren't even really singles. They're, we're putting them out because they're cool, and we have a record that's ready to go. Okay, just yeah. to kind of get people in the kind of because it's the record's kind of in that vibe. It's kind of more of like it's got kind of a soul rhythmic bass, and so it kind of sets up the, the people's heads for what's coming down the pipe. <laughs> How do you guys like balance out your set with old stuff, new stuff, and do you got all you guys like get a kind of a say in it? They get a say. Yeah, they don't say a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mostly write. I don't even like writing the sellers, but then, but then again, when I don't write the sellers, I never like anyone else's sellers. Exactly. So I guess That's I was <laughs> I've written it a couple times. Well, but. the tricky thing is that I know what I know. There's a real there's a real uh, fine line. I've been in my shoes forever, so I know like the dynamic of what will work and what won't work. And I played enough sets that didn't work, <laughs> where that was a great set, but people just didn't dig it. It was too unknown. So typically what we do is we come out with whatever new we're doing. We'll always do something new right off the bat, because my attitude is that as long as it's cool and you're excited, you can get some new stuff across. If you get too far into the set and then pull a bunch of new material out, you lose the momentum. So my attitude is that even if people don't dig the front of the set, we then we start kind of getting much more in the stuff they know in real intense, you know, hit songs, real songs that are crowd favorites, and we kind of just try to balance it that way. Is it different every night, or it has been? I mean, we yeah, yeah. There's there's some staples, you know, right? For sure, but yeah. The rotation switches up a little bit. When Travis is also the newest member of the band, so it's been a little tighter because he's been in the band. So this next tour, we were just talking about it yesterday. We got a bunch of other songs. Going to go deeper where we can alternate. What we normally do on the road is we have like kind of a template, and then we fill different tunes in. Like we'll try like a couple of different hit songs from the first record. Like we'll play Harlem one night. We'll play How Does It Feel the next. And then we'll do, you know, we got songs we play every night, like Blue Sky, we play pretty much every night. And then we got a bunch of new, I mean, we're playing... done El Cenito, this tour, at all. We've just, yeah, we've just done Secondhand Store, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is weird, so that's an interesting dynamic. Now, because the set's funkier, a lot of the El Cenito stuff doesn't work as well. So, yeah, it doesn't it's really super weird, up. even though it's a killer record. Yeah. We love it, you know. Yeah, yeah I wore that thing out. Yeah. I don't mean to fanboy out on you, but oh, yeah, yeah, I wore that's that a thing fun back. record to make. Yeah. <laughs> we had a blast doing that one. Yeah. Well, I was curious because I saw you guys played shows from, like Cheap Trick and Three Doors Down and stuff. Do you change the set to fit that crowd? We did for the Three Doors well, Down. Oh my God, yeah, we went for <laughs> Man, we went hard on that one. We tried to play the heaviest songs we had, and I still felt like old men having tea. <laughs> every other band was every other band was just screaming the whole time, and we went out there, and I just I, I it was just hilarious. I mean, I just felt like, and we played our heaviest songs we had, but it still felt like we were just like... Both of those shows, we, what, we only had 40-minute sets, yeah, so, yeah, you know, 
yeah. three doors down. I think it was twenty. We had twenty minutes. Of yeah. yeah Cheap trick was was bitching though. We yeah, did our so we did our normal set for that. It was just shorter and a little bit more like rock oriented. I mean, you know. But we played a ton of new songs because they're yeah. kick-ass on a big stage, man. Yeah, you got to know, and Lords of the Levy are mm-hmm. rule on an yeah. arena-sized stage. Those are new. Yeah. You know? Well, did you get a weird reaction from that Three Doors Down crowd, or was that a festival? Or it was a festival. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, they liked us. I mean, I'm, I got a you know big following in Lubbock, so even all the old metalheads there, they've seen me, a lot of those have seen me play ten times. So they're... they're I didn't feel it wasn't. It was just more like we were just so different from every other band, you know. Yeah, we were like rock light. Yeah, <laughs> compared to everybody else, a lot of five string and six string basses, a lot of screaming, a lot of screaming, a lot of set. Yeah. They really those heavy that kind of like new metal drop D, drop D, yeah, yeah. yeah. drop Tune tuning down, stuff. Drop C. Yeah. Well, have you get have you ever considered playing an album in its entirety? Because I, yeah, I'm telling you, I'd drive a long ways to hear it on all the colors in its entirety. Oh wow! You know, I know that would probably never happen. <laughs> well, no, it would totally happen. You just, it would be, uh, you know, it takes. Yeah, I mean, uh, if there was a space where I felt like it would, it would be successful and do it, I told, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do different records in their entirety. But it's not something you've ever done, right? Yeah. Um, I probably have, but not. I don't know if I've ever done it where I advertised it like I'm doing this record. But I've done. I've done records cover to cover. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we've we've seen like your acoustic sets, and where did it come about to uh, walk out into the crowd and just like sing to people like one on one? That happened in Phoenix, man. I actually I had a sold out show at the Rhythm Room where we played a bunch with the band now and. uh, people were you know i have a big following in phoenix so i get out on stage and i start playing and man it sucks so bad even though it's sold out and they're all fans they're all talking i think because they were used to the, the rock set and they didn't know how to adjust the quieter set and i was about to have a nervous breakdown i was just losing my mind trying to figure it out and there was this table right in front of me and they were looking at me and they were so cool and I started just focusing on them because they were the only people that I didn't want to kill in the crowd. <laughs> so finally, I was just like, you know what? Fuck everybody else. Play I'm going to go play to this one table. I'm going to sit down at their table and I'm going to play for them. And I sit down at the table and I start playing songs. And within 10 seconds of sitting down, the whole place shuts up. Because they're like, well, what's going on over there? <laughs> and so, uh, um, you know, I started... Started doing that, and the other thing that's interesting about, especially with the acoustics, I mean, this the the rock and roll sets a different vibe, but you know, when you pull the people in, when you do something where you look somebody in the eye and you play to them for a second, their whole experience of the night changes. It's like when you you know everybody warms up, and I just have noticed that sometimes when I sit on stage, there's this distance, and then people don't feel as connected to the show. And so when I come out in the crowd, everybody feels like they're part of the show, and they're more open, and then the show does better. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I remember seeing you once over here across the street. You did that, and you told some people to shut up because they were talking, even <laughs> though you were walking around. I thought that was <laughs> while I was a walking nice around, touch. yeah, singing, and then to shut the fuck up, yeah. 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 Jeff Tweedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, when I first started doing the acoustic sets, I actually had a couple of full-on fights. Like it was pretty intense for a while. <laughs> Took a while, to but you got to do that sometimes. Sometimes people just don't—they don't get it. 
Well, sometimes people really are disrespectful on purpose, too, and that's a whole different vibe. Yeah, just for the attention. Yeah, just to see if they like can... Like that guy at the Blank Slate that yeah. night we played here. Sometimes people just want to just want to rabble rouse, yeah. you know. But I don't. I mean, my crowds are so cool now. I haven't had really any negativity in a long time. I just feel like even the people that didn't dig the acoustic set, they it took a while. They came around to it. So now the funny thing is, they got everybody got all used to that, and now we're like <laughs> full on rock and roll. I had all these ladies last night going, "When are you bringing the acoustic band back?" And I'm like, "Man, you guys are like, whatever I do, they're always like." Three years behind, you know. <laughs> That's, you know. Well, uh, you know, you guys have been coming to Tulsa for a while. Talk about, and it seems to be one of you guys' you know, uh, I mean, like a, a hot spot kind of, if you don't mind me saying so. Like, talk about what Tulsa's meant and, you know, just, you know, like what what you think about it when you come here. Well, I'll, I'll just preface and then I'll let Matt Matt talk because, uh, you know, he what, he came into my world and he was playing on the West Coast more. And, I mean, he did national tour, but he hadn't. He hadn't done the region the way I had, and uh, we're now you're integrated and we're all friends. I love it here. Yeah, I love playing shows here, and we've got a lot of great friends. But the, that first show we did at the Blank Slate is the one I remember because not only was that guy wanting to fight you, but there was a flash flood and yeah. it went a foot and a half up in water in the club. <laughs> wow. oh, and every time we've been here, we've had some kind of crazy, weird funky fun trippy experience yeah mark all of those i mean just some great people here the town's really changed too in the eight nine years that we've been coming here too it's really starting to pop yeah what's the big you know for a long time i was (coughs) yelling to the skies because about how hip tulsa was because you know i'm like a even though i'm not like a roots rock dude I have my base in, in roots rock, roots musics, and so people are always talking about authentic music, especially living up in Seattle, Seattle and Portland, always talking about, you know, oh, the real, and I'm like, you know what, man, Tulsa's the real, and I've said it for years and years and years, and finally, all these Tulsa cats are starting to catch on, like, the yeah. Tulsa guys are starting to do pretty well, especially in Europe, and like, we saw Jesse Acock last night in Kansas City, and we'll probably all end up in Colony with Paul tonight, yeah. And jamming, which is you know Brian Hort and all. Yeah, yeah, they got yeah, a good scene fun. here, man. Yeah. It's a, it's pretty, you know. They're people take shit for granted when they live in a town. They just assume it's like that everywhere, and it's not. Austin doesn't have that right now. Austin nah. has a great, great scene, but it doesn't have the solidarity that Tulsa has. Well, I think, I, yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with Brian Horton. I mean, he's really the biggest cheerleader really around is. here for all these great musicians who probably. You know, have a tough time talking about themselves, you know. Yeah. I also think that this is always the last show we do of tours. I know, it's funny. It's so, yeah. so when we get here, it's like a, we're yeah. like, yes! Yeah, we're done. <laughs> and we give it like two million percent more yeah. just because we know it's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, a yeah. celebration. It's a celebration, yeah. exactly. We're in Tulsa. We're going to hang out at the Colony. We're going to play a killer show. Go to the Colony. Got you know. Cuban cigars. I got some mini Cogibas. Got to keep that on the DL, you know, because they were purchased legally but uh, entered the United States and then Rather illegal fashion. Blocking your bum. Oh, yeah. well, man, that's a relative <laughs> term. <laughs> Especially in my circumstances. <laughs> you get the strong cigarette tonight. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, as mentioned, Jam at the Colony, is that something, is there a place like that in other cities where you always hit as well? Or is that just kind of a here? What's, the, what, what's the place in Houston? Continental in Austin. I mean, there's a, 
Yeah, there's yeah. kind of. I mean, but there's places where, where, not really. When I was first coming up, there were places like that everywhere. You know, and uh, there's just, you know, people jamming. This generation that's coming up, kids, there's not that scene right now. There's not, I mean, there, I'm not saying it's nowhere, but it's it's a cultural thing, and that culture is kind of dying out. Yeah. And in Tulsa, because Tulsa is kind of like Austin, where there's a big group of younger people that also are connected to this older culture. So they're, they're keyed into like the J.J. Kale scene and that trip. So they're out, they jam. Yeah. You know, if you're in an indie rock band, how the fuck do you jam? What do you, I yeah. mean, what do yeah. you jam on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just a different vibe, you know? So this is a, Tulsa's got a pretty unique space. I don't know anywhere in Seattle where you do that. And if you do, it's, you know, fusion-y, like rock dudes just showing off. This is like people grooving, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole different scene. So, have you, how many times throughout your career have you had someone ask you to play satisfied at their wedding? <laughs> at their wedding? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh, man, I just think about it. Sometimes I close my eyes and think how many people got it onto that song. It makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of babies born to that song. I'm going to Marvin Gaye, but I'm, I'm hanging tough. Right on. <laughs> New kids on the block style. <laughs> You've got one mark on the side of the band. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I love that. People, it's funny because for a while people were like, oh, man, I know you hate to play that song. But, but I'm like, no, I don't hate to play it. For a period of time, there were a bunch of assholes that would go, "Hey, play that song," and I'm like, "I don't like that." Yeah, if somebody goes, yeah. "Hey, man, we this me and my wife like there's a dude that's going to come to Chicago." It's like I proposed to my wife, and he's like, "Would you play?" It? I'm like, "Fuck, dude, of course I'd be honored to play that." It's more like some people just yell at you mm-hmm. and expect you to do it because they yelled at you, and it's like. Didn't we have a guy propose to a girl at Wormy Dog the couple times ago? Oh, yeah, yeah, remember yeah. that? Yeah, we did I that. I saw him last time, and they've been, yeah, they're... They're happy. Yeah. Making babies. All right. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. You know, and, and then, uh, I mean, same deal on a heavier note, but like with today, I mean, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people like, you know, oh, buried my dad, buried my mom or my friend, and we, I mean, today, I mean, I just, any song where you have some weight to the song that it matters in people's lives or... When people say I heard this song and it got me through a really dark time, or that's why you make music, man. I mean, you know, hits are great, but fuck, that's heavy, man. You know, that's touching, t- really touching somebody's life. Yeah, yeah, that's the trick. Making a difference. Yeah. As a as the newest guy, what are your favorite songs to play? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, everyone knows I'm, I was a big Searles guy, so I like I like Searles was a drummer that played in late nineties. Well, okay. Yeah, so I I, lo- I like all that stuff. I, I like I like all of it. Um, I've been having fun playing Muddy Jesus a lot. Um, He's the first drummer that could play it since Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the first drummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, all those parts on that right here are great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 tough to pick one. I really liked. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I like I'm a Ram a lot, but I, you know that's like kind of my bag too. It's all yeah. that soul stuff is really my trip. So, I don't know. It's 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 tough. Yeah, They're, tough to pick. <laughs> yeah, car. We have yeah. a lot of fun. Oh yeah, that yeah, that that's probably out. like the rhythm section. Like yeah. which one? Anchor me, me and my guitar. guitar. Yeah, that one's pretty, pretty badass. It's hard to beat Freddie King with that. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, the dynamic breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough on the old right hand. 
Yeah. Yeah, riding that ride. Mm hmm. Yeah. Did I, is I'm a ram, did that become a setless staple? Kind of. Well, it is. We, we start, we, st- we kind of pulled that in probably about mid tour because we were doing a set and we were playing a bunch of tunes that are going to be on a new record. And then now we don't know when, yet when the record's coming out. So we kind of put that in because it's a badass song and it's fun to play. Yeah. And yeah. So we're kind of like, right now, we're probably jammier than this band and definitely than anything I've done in a long time. But I, I like to, I think. The difference, I think, like the I don't like the no, I don't not that I don't like a jam band, but jam bands typically do jam because they don't have any songs. And I like to think that we have some pretty good songs to kind of whenever it starts to get like oh shit, they're just like gro- groove, rhythm, rhythm. Yeah. Then we can throw in a nice, you know, a song with you know harmonies and, and arrangement. It's in also the kind of, of the most covers we've ever done yeah. since I've been in the band. We've got I can think of five right off the top of my head that we're doing. Yeah, and that's really fun. Too, just getting out there. Yeah, the Neville tune's killer. Yeah. Oh, that's six. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> we're about that one. <laughs> yeah, we're playing a lot of covers right now, which is a trip. But you know, but they're uh, we're also kind of moving, and it's setting up kind of where we are, and like this, it's like it's always a transition. Like when Matt first started playing with me, we were in a really different headspace, and there was like a, you know, first we started, and it was almost like power pop. And then we got more, and then later we started moving into this heavier stuff, with still with the lots of harmonies and stuff. And then the newer stuff's a lot of soul music, and so now we're like, it's like we're it's a trip, man. We're like, we're kind of like a this weird mongrel band. I've never heard a band do what we do right now, because it's a weird mix of like pretty jammy, groovy stuff, but then with like serious fucking arranged songs. Yeah, you know. And so typically you get either the one band that does that or the jam band that does that and you don't they don't mix typically it's you know yeah we push we push we're pushing a lot of different things in the set yeah it's a really it's a really good mix you know I think the flow of the show is pretty happy yeah and that's important too absolutely yeah definitely yeah you kind of alluded to it earlier but I'm sure you're way past it now but the points where your sound kind of shifted. Mm-hmm. Did you have a lot of weird crowd reactions? Yeah, you know, but I mean, you know, just expecting the first album or whatever. First well, my, my, I mean, the thing that's funny though, when you're in the skin looking at it, my sound shifted from the very first second I, I played music. Like if I if I sat here and did a little thing with all the different things, it was nonstop changing. Yeah, I mean, when I very first started, I was like a rockabilly player, and then I was kind of getting into blues. But my first band, but even before we made a record, we were like super trippy like we would go and like make weird noises for 20 minutes like quick bark quick bark like because we were just trippy kids you know doing like it was really psychedelic and then like when the first record came out that was the thing when i put out modern day folklore dude that was probably the biggest change ever in my career from my first record modern day because we went from like this kind of soul blues thing to this really heavy riff rock psychedelic rock and then the third record's like a soul record, straight up. And then, so for me, like, it's all just, I've always gone like that. It's just people perceive stuff from the outside. Like, when I started, um, the biggest thing was, for a little while, I was just trying to do my thing. And then I realized, I, I have these moments where I think I understand the way the rest of the world thinks for a minute. Right? Most of the time, I don't. I really don't. I don't. I don't understand. Like, people are so fucking straight in the world. And... 
I was brought up by weird people, so I don't understand the way a lot of people think. But I had this moment where I realized, I'm like, shit, if I don't put down my electric guitar, people are never, ever going to let me do anything. I'm just going to be this dude, and everyone's going to be mad. So I'm like, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to make a shift, and people are going to go, that's when you changed. But it was really just more like kind of going, hey, guys, I'm changing. You know, <laughs> yeah. to, kind of, to kind of alert everybody so people could either get on the bus or get off for a minute. Yeah. And it worked. It helped. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're all changing. And anybody that makes music that isn't changing all the time, in my opinion, is kind of full of shit because the world's changing. You're spinning every day. And politics are changing. Governments are changing. Feelings are changing. Spirits are changing. People are dying and living. You keep making the same record. That's, to me, pretty jive. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's my, my take. Well, you know, and I, mean, I like acts that do that. You know, it, it, it just... Uh, for any, if anything else, it just pisses everybody else off, and you know, I mean, that's a little crazy, but I mean, I like the shaking things up aspect of all that. Yeah, well, I mean, look at the way David Bowie did it. I mean, yeah. that, that he was guy. king of it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, and that, I mean, really, that's how you stay current and making art that's vital, and you know, you keep yourself fresh that way too. You can't just lean on a shtick. Plus, you gotta dig what you're doing. If you if you play if you do the same shit, you start to get bored with it as players, and then your set gets real stale. Yeah. And then people can tell, man. I mean, you can tell when you see a band and they're psyched. Yeah. Or yeah. you see a bunch of dudes and they're really good, but they're boring. <laughs> I mean, it's like some people don't care. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's a weird time right now. You know, there are a lot of people who actually don't give a shit right now. They'd rather go see the Eagles who hate each other and sing their songs <laughs> and not give a fuck and just go we're making the money and they're happy yeah. to see that. Yeah. I don't like that, man. It, you know, I can feel that energy, and it bums me out. Yeah. I go to see a band that's alive. Sight. Yeah. <laughs> Easy, dude. Hey, man. I'm fine. Well, you got anything else? Yeah. Right? Wraps it up. Go. We're here, everything. I don't know, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'd shake your hand, but now I'm scared to shake it. Yeah. I don't want to get whatever you got. There you go, Ian Moore and the Lassie Coils. Thanks again for all four of them for taking the time before their show, sat down to talk to us. Quite an honor. It's always a privilege to be able to talk to any musician, but especially ones that you absolutely love their music. Yeah. 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 Guys that you've dug since you were in high school. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for Ian Moore for making that happen. We appreciate the the fact that him and the, the whole band did that. Like Jason said earlier, if you're just someone who hasn't really ever delved into his catalog do it you know there's nowhere that you need to start you know just pick up the first album you can yeah pick one it's gonna be great yeah, yeah. they're all gonna be a little different and they're all gonna be excellent well thethunderunderground.com has all our 61 other podcasts on there they're on soundcloud.com backslash thunder underground like we said we've got a bunch of rock and roll guys and we've got a bunch of heavy metal guys so pull it up we've got shooter jennings yeah that was pretty amazing as well and we've got t-shirts for sale we've got koozies for sale coming up here in the next week or so we're going to have a preview of rocklahoma we always make the trek out there every year to enjoy the festivities for a few days oh yeah we've got our friend kevin graham who is also an avid uh rocklahoma and rock and roll heavy metal fan He's going to be talking with us, and we're just going to give like a preview of, you know, the bands we want to see and the bands we don't want to see, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I- I'll be ready for it. 
and we're going to be, you know, we've got plans to record several episodes while we're out there. So coming into June and July, we should be pretty heavy with some cool stuff for you. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we'll be pretty stacked up. Yeah. Good place to be. Yep. Till next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.